Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the CollegeToPro.com NFL Draft Black, the audio alternative for fans and NFL personnel to know NFL Draft prospects. Join host Bo Mashanti as he brings the next generation of tomorrow's NFL stars to you today. No more than the name. Welcome back to another edition of the C2P. I am your show host, Bo Marshani, and tonight we're going to be breaking down the top 2021 NFL draft wideouts, and no one better than to join us to break these top prospects down than the NFL draft guru himself, Justin Van Fulpen. You can also follow him at Football Next Level, and then on Twitter at J-V-A-N-F-U-L-P-E-N, J Van Fulpen, and you can follow this man. If you're not familiar with him, long, long lineage of NFL draft news. He's, he's directed all-star games. He's an NFL agent. He brings a ton of insight that very few have, and we love, and I adore getting him on the program. But with that said, Justin, we were just talking. You're up in Michigan. I'm in Ohio. I'm looking out the window at a whiteout, and uh, obviously things aren't that bad for you for where you're at, but better weather this weekend, good Friday tomorrow as we celebrate Easter. But how is this NFL draft show going to go in terms of trying to cram all these receivers in the first round? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's the thing. I think they're going to go off early and often. But I think there's a plethora of really good receivers, and we've seen the standpoint of, you know, multiple pro bowlers, whether it's Stephon Diggs, uh, Michael Thomas, guys go later, you know, not in the first round in terms of the receivers, second round, third round, fourth round, and be really productive players. And I think this this draft class has has a lot of really good depth, but it also has some some elite guys there up front. Yeah, definitely, and there's so much to get to. And if you folks miss any of our other shows, Justin's been giving us the top five at the position and then somewhat of a sleeper or somebody just not in that upper echelon elite group that he thinks can really have a nice career that you may not be familiar with since we are so since there's so much about the top prospects. There might be a guy a little bit under the radar that Justin can kind of tip you onto. But with that said, Justin, um, last year we had six receivers go in the first round. The last time that happened was in 2015 where we saw six. So um, I think we get accustomed to the idea that receivers do go plenty in the first round, but it really comes down to is the talent there. And if there's enough talent, then there'll be more of them. And if not, then the NFL will go elsewhere in terms of their top selections. But as you said, there is a deep, deep receiver class. And uh, off the top of your head and outside of just the five receivers, how many receivers do you think are going to go in this first round at the end of April? You know, I think there's potentially be you know six guys um, go go in the first round uh, there. I think, I think there, but I think some of the teams are going to wait just because on a depth standpoint, where hey, the talent is not going to be that different between a first rounder and a third rounder in terms of you know that you know you, you can go ten, eleven, twelve, you know deep at this receiver position and go okay, hey, I like this guy. Uh, but if I wait, I can go and get me an offensive tackle that there's not as much depth. There's not as much depth in terms of, you know, in, in the pass rusher. So do I take, you know, a pass rusher over, you know, the fifth wide receiver? 
you know, there. So I think in terms of, well, I think that's why we won't see as many first round wide receivers go just because of the depth. And I think in terms of the scarcity, you know, at the corner, at the tackle, at the pass rusher, you know, position, you know, that, that we didn't have, you know, in the past where last year, like you said, as many of the, the receivers went in the first round. Awesome stuff. Well, with that said, Justin, um, let's get the balls rolling here. Um, who is the, who do you think is going to be the top pick or top prospect in this 2021 NFL draft class under the receiver title? Yeah, I think it, you know, it's probably a no brainer. It's not anything as far as people are, you know, breaking news here, listening to this being the number one guy that, that I think every team's got on their board and that's Jamar Chase. And we saw, you know, what he did uh, yesterday after pro day, you know, at LSU's pro day, um, obviously opted out, you know, was the Blitnikoff award winner as a, as a sophomore there with Joe Burrow and helped LSU win the national title. And, you know, a guy who was, was over six foot was, you know, a little, you know, almost six, one, 201 pounds at a 41 inch vertical, 11 broad ran four, three, eight. So just in terms of the measurables, I mean, that's, you know, to go along with the production on the field, you're, you're talking about an elite wide receiver. Now he's not as big as like a Calvin Johnson, you know, who was Calvin was pushing six five and was just that imposing force. You know, where he was the number two overall pick. And now, as far as, as I think Chase is, is probably a guy who maybe is the fifth pick in the draft to the Bengals. You know, kind of reuniting him with Joe Burrow. You know, and, and trying to help Cincinnati have that kind of one two punch like they had with Andy Dalton and AJ Green. You know, where they were you know going to the playoffs. And if he doesn't go there, does he go six to? you know, far as, you know, Miami. Uh, but he's going to go very, very early. Again, I opted out. We didn't see him all last year, but we've got enough film on him from 2020, excuse me, 2019, to make that evaluation and say he's a top five pick. Definitely. You know, I think the Falcon, Falcons pick fourth. There was a hypothetical, just a fun way to think, is if uh, Thomas Dimitrov, and I, I always complimented every time I've seen him at the Combine or the Senior Bowl, that I love the move when they went up and they took Julio Jones and they stacked they stacked the deck and then they went back years later, got Craven Ridley out of Alabama. But um, imagine Matt Ryan's uh, excitement if the Falcons would just blow our minds and add a Jamar Chase to uh, that wide receiver group. But I doubt that's going to happen. But yeah, Jamar Chase, fantastic prospect, and like you said, that pro day really I think solidified it. If there were any doubts or any indecisions on. Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase. I, I think Jamar Chase put those uh, those ideas to rest with his performance. And then, obviously, we know what he does on the field, but he kind of backed it up with that athleticism he showed. Um, so we're on to the number two prospect with Jamar Chase going one at LSU. Who's the number two receiver off the board in your words? Well, I think Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver out of Alabama, you know, obviously, you know, far as broke his ankle on a return against Tennessee, uh, but before that, I mean, this is a guy who was averaging 18, you know, 0.9 yards per reception, you know, just explosive. He's electric with the ball in his hands, you know, as far as, and also as far as a good route runner. I think as far as if you want a kind of a, a pro comp, think of Jalen Waddle and Steve Smith Sr. or as when he played there in Carolina. Think of a more explosive Steve Smith, you know, as far as, because Waddle's, you know, 5'10", you know, 180 pounds, you know, Steve was 5'9", you know, probably 195, a little bit more rocked up than Waddle. But as far as, you know, Waddle, even though he's not over six foot, you know, he can still be a number one wide receiver. You know, and I think the question's going to be, uh, as far as Miami, we saw the draft day trades, 
there in terms of what they did, to, you know, to, to go down and then go back up and be at the, you know, with the sixth pick. Do they reunite him with Tua, you know, there? Uh, do they try to get that Alabama, you know, connection there? But I think Waddle's a guy who, you know, people aren't giving enough love to, you know, because of the, the you know, as far as the physical ability that Chase, you know, Jamar Chase was able to see. And then as far as what we saw on the film and as far as the Heisman Trophy winner and Devontae Smith. But I think in terms of what gives Waddle, you know, just that kind of a leg up there and being the number two prospect, he's just that explosive. And you want to be able to try to get the ball into his hands any way possible. He's, you know, as far as on reverses. We've seen him in terms of and special teams, return punts, return kickoffs, uh, and, you know, be an elite, you know, athlete there. So I think, you know, Waddle's, you know, you know, right there. I don't think he's going to overtake, you know, Jamar Chase to be the number one wide receiver, but he's a close far as, you know, guy there. If Chase is not there, I think Waddle would have been the number one overall receiver. Wow, excellent stuff. Once again, Justin Van Footprint here on the C2P, breaking down the top 21 NFL draft wide receivers. And, again, you can follow Justin on Twitter at jvanfulpen, J-V-A-N-F-U-L-P-E-N, and you can check out his website, Football Next Level, for great insight that he posts there. So we got Jamar Chase, LSU at one. We got Jalen Waddell from Alabama at two. I think I know where we're going with three, but you could surprise us, or you may not, but who's the third receiver off the board in your mind? Yeah, I'm not going to surprise you. You know, as far as Devontae Smith, the wide receiver (laughs) out of Alabama, the Heisman Trophy winner, you know, last year had, he had 25 total touchdowns, had 23 receiving, one rushing, one on a pump return, almost had 2,000 yards receiving there. You know, it, he's an elite guy. He, he really improved his route running ability in terms of – and you see some of those things that we saw against uh, Clemson, you know, Clemson in the past. We saw against – as far as Ohio State and then a national championship game, you know, in – uh, against Notre Dame, you know, the, the game before the national championship game, just in terms of how his route running ability. The knock on him is he's 170 pounds. And in terms of the why, as far as, you know, people are a little bit leery, you know, with him there, it's okay, hey, can this guy get off press coverage? And, you know, if we go back and we go back into the you know, kind of the, the history of the NFL draft, you know, as far as a lot of people have compared him to, uh, Marvin Harrison, the Hall of Fame wide receiver that came out of Syracuse to the Indianapolis Colts. And Harrison wasn't a, a rocked-up dude, he, but he was silky smooth uh, for his great route runners, uh, you know, there. Um, and obviously they paired him up later in his career with Peyton Manning, and it just, you know, took off and became a Hall of Famer, helped the Colts win a Super Bowl. Uh, there and I think as far as Devonte Smith it, it, is that you know again it, he could go he could go to the to the Dolphins at the sixth pick you know there I think in terms of again Waddle's better and I think there's a bigger gap in my opinion between uh, as far as you know Waddle and Smith than there is a gap between Chase and Waddle uh, there but I know a lot of teams. And they have Devontae Smith as the number one receiver or number two, you know, receiver. Just for kind of my flavor, I would put Devontae Smith there. I think in terms of there, you're going to have to do some things on in the offense to try to keep him off the line of scrimmage, try to keep him off press coverage, because when those guys, you know, can get up there and, and jam a guy, you know, they they can do that more so. And you saw them do that. You do that more so in the NFL than what they do in the college you know, game where they don't do so much press man, you know, stuff and just try to get up there and play one-on-one and, you know, because they don't want to get out athlete. In the NFL, you know, you, 
you know, they'll go up there and they'll be physical with him. And the question is, is can he get off that press man coverage in the NFL? And that's, that's kind of the only question mark that he's got. I, I think that will be – I shouldn't say it's going to be a concern. I mean, he's going to be a top 15 pick. But nonetheless, I think if there's any deterrent, um, I do think you look at that slightly thin frame. And But a great comparison in terms of Marvin Harrison, who look, you know, looked about 100 pounds soaking wet, but he was able to thrive in the National Football League. And him and Peyton Manning were one of the best duos that we've seen. Um, so we have Jamar Chase. Then we have two Bama guys in Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith. Who's the fourth guy? Justin? You know, I think this is where, okay, we see there's, there's a real gap between one, two, and three, and then kind of all the rest, you know, you know, in terms of, I think that's, that's where, Hey, depending on how the quarterbacks go, you know, there, do they go one, two, three, four? Um, okay. Do the receivers, do, do they go four, six, you know, uh, four, excuse me, five, six, seven, you know, you, know, you could see that go. I mean, you could see literally go quarterback, 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 and then as far as Cincinnati takes Chase, uh, Miami takes Devontae Smith, and the, the Lions take Jalen Waddle. I mean, you, you could go that fast there. And then I think there's a, there's a, a, a fairly big far as drop-off there. You know, as far as a lot of people like, as uh, far as Tony, Kadarius Tony out of Florida, you know, there's, there's other guys, Bateman, that people have had up there, you know, in that four spot. But what, who I would say would be Terrence Marshall Jr., the wide receiver out of LSU. Uh, again, I just think in terms of he's got bigger, he's bigger for his more athletic and more, maybe not more athletic than a Kadarius Tony, but almost just as athletic there, but bigger size, you know, there. Um, but again, where I would slay him is you got to, you know, you're going to be dropping down to, you know, in that early 20s there before you see another kind of wide receiver go off. So if you don't get one of those big dogs there, those top three, then you've got to wait some time. And I think that's as far as on a draft strategy, I think that's where Philadelphia was okay going, okay, hey, we'll drop all the way to number 12. You know, as far as, you know, because – and then when they did that, I think they, they've signaled to everybody that they're not going to draft a wide receiver there with their number one overall pick. They took a wide receiver in the first round last year, um, and now he hasn't played to the level where he was drafted, but he was injured um, as far as Jalen Rager out of uh, TCU. But I think they want to say, okay, hey, we see the depth of that position. We'll drop down to 12 – and get us, you know, maybe the, the, an offensive tackle, maybe a pass rusher, maybe a corner uh, there. So I think what they showed is just, again, the depth of that receiver position, and they could go in the second round and get somebody else there. But I think what we'll see is, that, again, a drop, and then there'll be another kind of run, at, you know, with, with guys going, you know, you know, a couple guys going more in the, in the first, you know, a, a big run in the, in the second round, and then another big run in the third round on, on wide receivers. That's excellent. So we got out of the four Justin has going right now, uh, we have two LSU Tigers and two Alabama Crimson Tide players. We have Jamar Chase, one, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, two and three, and then Terrence Marshall, the big wide receiver. And, again, amongst the group that we've mentioned, um, he's almost oversized compared to some of the frames that we're talking about from the guys that may go ahead of him. So we have four on the boards. We have one left, Justin, and then your sleeper, who's the guy that rounds out the top five. 
Yeah, I think it's Kadarius Tony. I mean, we kind of you know mentioned it, talked about him there. He's really he really came on, and and you know people have him you know there in the first round. I don't really think he's you know I think he's probably gets drafted in the first round, but but again, it's going to be in that you know that twenty type range. You know, he's not as good as as Percy Harvin when Percy Harvin came out of Florida, but a similar type of player. Again, another playmaker. You want to get the balls in, in as far as in his hands there to be able to make plays and, and do different things, and obviously. He had a really good for a season this year, uh, but again, they had a guy Kyle Pitts who's a an elite guy, and again, I think is a top ten pick lock there, maybe in a top five pick. Some people even have him ranked as the number two overall player uh, after uh, you know for Trevor Lawrence. So I think Tony got some uh, kind of relief be able playing with that type of a playmaker there. So I could see, you know, where, you know, some people are like, yeah, he's an elite athlete, you know, stop and start ability there um, and and can make some plays. But again, I think, you know, some people can even have him a little bit lower than where I have him ranked as the the fifth for his best wide receiver in this draft class. Uh, But, you know, I think that he's kind of, again, do you like his flavor uh, uh, there? But again, I think there's that big gap between the the top three and everybody else. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, there is a, an, a very top-heavy top, and then there is a bit of a gap. And then, like you said, that next thing, and, and great pointing out where Philadelphia slid down, they made the trade, um, you know, go down to 12, and if they're eyeing that position, it's a position they can feel comfortable with. Why they stockpiled other picks and, and are going to be able to do something throughout the draft and, and have that ammunition in terms of draft capital I'm suggesting you rounded out top five and, 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 and great, great insight, as always. Um, who's that one guy, that sleeper, if you will, that we're, you're very interested in seeing that you're going to bring us up to speed on? Well, I think it's Anthony Schwartz um, out of uh, Auburn. Uh, you know, he's a guy who ran 426 at a hundred and, you know, almost 190 pounds, was 189 pounds there. Of six foot. So again, we're not talking just a, a small frame guy who can just run fast. This is a big physical guy who was an Olympic type athlete in terms of that track speed. And so I think this guy, you know, I think as far as what Auburn did was a disservice to him. I think if you watch the film on, on him, you see a lot of crossing routes, a lot of for his, you know, dig routes there. You know, and try to help Bo Nix and go, okay, hey, let's just get the ball out of our hands quickly and different things like that. I think what the, the difference with him is what he'll use in the NFL is he'll use his deep speed, his track speed that he had there. And we've seen in terms of what a guy like Tyreek Hill has been able to do and really go, okay, hey, uh, let's, let's take the top off as far as on this type defense. And then, we, then it opens up the underneath, opens up the Travis Kelsey's you know, kind of of the world there. I think Anthony Schwartz is a guy who a lot of people kind of have, have kind of fallen off there. Obviously, they didn't have a great season there at Auburn. Uh, their head coach gets fired. They had another really big type physical receiver who will go, go in this draft in, in Seth Williams, um, the, the, the other wide receiver out of Auburn. So, but I think as far as Schwartz is a guy who gets in the right system, he's a legit number two wide receiver in the, you know, in the NFL. He's a guy who's as fast as a Deshaun Jackson, uh, but as far as is more physical and can take more of a far as the pounding there. So Anthony Schwartz, I think is a guy that you're going to, you're going to see come off the board, you know, in the second, third round, day three of the draft uh, that again, could be a pro bowl type wide receiver in the NFL that again, and I think that's where, you know, people look at the depth of the, the position 
and, and say, okay, hey, you know, should I wait for, for a guy? I mean, people love Tutu Atwell, Rashard Bateman, uh, Amari Rogers, huh. um, Elijah Moore. I mean, so you think about all those guys there um, that, you know, people, you know, so I think that's where, you know, Philadelphia and kind of their draft strategy is going, okay, hey, we could get a, a Anthony Schwartz in the third round. Well, you know, that could just be as good as uh, Kadarius Tony, who you have to draft in the first round. Excellent stuff. And, yeah, I and mean, you talk about Schwartz. I mean, I, I mean, I think he won a silver and a gold medal in the uh, World Championships, I think under 20 or, or whatever the event that was. But, I mean, he's a medalist. I mean, when you're talking world class, kind of like the Willie Galt, Ron Brown type speeds where these guys are Olympic quality speedsters and like you said a little bit more bulked up than some of the guys that we think just run fast and have thin bodies um he's got some muscle mass to him justin you've been fabulous um well, i think we're going to do our tight ends next week and then uh, we'll start doing some offense defense of stuff as we get closer and then uh we'll have to get our mock draft uh show going where me and you ping pong off one another as we take on each team's draft approach and uh, whip out the top 32 picks that's right. That's for sure. And hey, just uh, a real quick nugget. Not going to shock anybody. But we we can skip to whoever the number one tight end because we all know it's Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a slam dunk <laughs> one. And uh, like that, I, I you know, and you know, I hope he pans out. We've had you know, you know that as well as anybody. I mean, usually all the great tight ends don't come in the first round that we've seen over the last few, uh, you know, over the decades. I and mean, it seems like some of the later round guys that have emerged and you know we just it'd be nice to see a guy like him kind of come in and really do his thing i mean vernon davis was great but i still think when we thought what were vernon davis was going to be we know how kellen winslow's career went even though and we know everything that he did off the field right now and where he's at but you know i you know he he had a good career even with the motorcycle wreck he was able to persevere after that but you know there's some big name tight ends that have come out that have really not lived up to the hype and i as a tight end lover I love the position. I just I hope he's one of these guys, Justin, that can deliver and become that next tight end that kind of you know transcends the the position. And we talk about for years and years and years and years to come. Yeah, and I, I think it's mean. And I think there's there's some other as far as good tight ends. So uh, you know, don't not tune in as to that tight end show because there's some other guys that's worth talking about after Kyle Pitts you know, at that, that position. Cause again, like you said, it's, it's definitely a valuable position. We've seen what, you know, Kelsey and, and Kittle and Darren Waller as far as being able to do at that position. So people make sure you tune in to the tight end show. Excellent. Justin, you're the best as always. Enjoy the rest of your night. And we love having you here on the C2P. <laughs> Thanks man. We'll talk soon, Bo. Yes, sir. Once again, that is Justin Van Fulpen, NFL Draft Guru. You can follow his work at Football Next Level. Then you can also check him out on Twitter at JVanFulpen. I am your show host, Bo Marchand. As always, we appreciate you stopping by and joining us here on the C2P. This has been a C2P exclusive.